Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome to America's Heroes Group on WVON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. I am Vietnam veteran host Cliff Kelly. America's Heroes Group is a live streaming podcast, global platform, radio, print, and digital media broadcast show that empowers change agents through intentionally disseminating information, resources, and referrals to empower our military population. And with that, welcome to America's Heroes Group, our roundtable with the Veterans Legislative Voice with Stephanie Collada. October is Breast Cancer, Mental Health, and National Disability and Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Today is Saturday, October 22nd, 2022. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Clayman, the co-host, Army National Guard veteran. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. No digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have a familiar voice once again, U.S. Army veteran, creator and of the Veterans Legislative Voice, and we're going to talk about some things that are coming up. We're going to talk about uh, Food Security for All Veterans Act and also some upcoming things of, with the last 30 days up, up until the November election. That's something that's very important for voters. Stephanie, how are you doing? Doing good. Glad to be here. So tell us, first of all, uh, what is the Food Security for All Veterans Act? Because I know that's something that you wanted to talk about. And that's something very important, but it hasn't really gotten full support. It looks like it passed the House, I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, but it has not passed the Senate yet. Yes, that's that's correct. Um, it's H.R. 8888, eight, eight, if I counted it right, so four, it's 4-8, Food Security for All Veterans, and it did pass the House. It's a very important bill, especially with what we're going through on the post-pandemic and everything that's going on with uh, with veterans, food security is actually one of the few things that doesn't even have their own office or their own center of tracking. It's actually an additional duty uh, for um, a few VA employees. So if anyone with the military understands the frustrations with additional duties, because often you don't get to spend a whole lot of time and effort on it. So they're actually, this bill would create an office just to um, analyze and provide recommendations to the uh, VA secretary and his undersecretaries and everything like that. So it's a really important thing. Um, it's, it would not cost very much, but it, it did go through a little bit of a rigmarole when it went when it was going up for a vote in the House. There was actually 49 Republicans that had voted against it. Um, which is pretty frustrating uh, for some people because uh, you understand how important these type of things are. So to kind of give people some numbers, so the USDA reports that the working age vets are greater at greater risk for food insecurity, 7.4% yeah. of, of the of a greater risk than the general population. Also, the mm-hmm. Military Family Advisors Network, or MFAN, otherwise known as, they did a survey a few years ago, and they, they surveyed 7,800 military family respondents. So, so veterans that are in a family 
Out of those households, 12.5% were food insecure. This is in 2019. So this mm-hmm. is a pervasive uh, uh, problem. And you would yes. think that, maybe you can speak to this point, you would think that when you join the military, you are in an environment where you are supported. You and your family are supported. You have uh, allowances. You have military pay coming in. You have uh, housing. So how is it that a lot of veterans find themselves in with food insecurity? Well, um, with like a lot of veterans, their disabilities, it could be, it could get the label of service connected and they can receive VA disability for it, but some of them don't get uh, the service connected uh, label or the service connection from the VA for VA disability because of poor documentation and support in that way. I know a few veterans that legit had injuries or serious illnesses while in service, but really struggled to get the VA to approve it. So with those issues, if those disabilities really hurt you from working or working enough or working to a level that would actually help pay for a lot of the things that a family needs, a majority of veterans um, have children. A lot of veterans are single parents. They're more likely to be single parents than civilians. So knowing where the issues are going on with food insecurity is really important for veterans. Um, with those numbers between the, what the um, USDA tracks versus what the VA tracks, there's a disparity. So this office would also help try to find why there's a disparity in the survey and the research, and then they can also get better research material and data. So it seems like a weird kind of pushback. Uh, you would uh, you Ooh, think yeah. about it because um, the, well, from what I understand, I'm not sure what else the bill offers other than what it looks like is that one of the main things was they would create a special office to look at and assess and address food insecurity in, in amongst veterans in the military because it's not just about yeah. it's not just veterans; it's actually people in the military as well that are on mm-hmm. food stamps using SNAP benefits. Mm-hmm that have food insecurity. So what is the pushback coming from? What what are, the, what are the arguments that people have about pushing back? We can speculate and we can get into other issues around that, but what do you see? Honestly, there's not that much talk about it, especially from those that had voted against it, which is really frustrating. Um, but I like to at least put out there for people to, when they hear about this, because when I've been going through the social medias on this bill, and the issue with the 49 voted against, many veterans and other people have a misunderstanding of what goes on with these bills. Um, They automatically assume, oh, well, um, the party that's pushing for it is putting, you know, putting way too much money in this or there's pork barrel spending, but they never read the bill. It's actually not going to cost very much. It actually, the VA said, no, we got the money. We just need the authorization to create the office, and we'll do everything. So it's no additional cost to the budget. Um, there's a couple of other things that is um, that really causes misconceptions and misunderstandings with the bill. So I just wanted to use this as an example for people to understand that you can read the bills. They're not difficult to understand. They're not very long. Um, the food insecurity um, bill, the text of it is probably less than 500 words. Wow. And, yes. That's like a newspaper so article. I mean, there's art, newspaper articles. I've read newspaper articles longer than that. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, that's crazy. Like, you know, on a newspaper yeah, article, you don't realize, I mean, you can't fit but so much space in, in an article. So you get, you're always cutting my words out. 
but 500 words as for for a bill for a law yes and there's an annual there's an annual uh, report there's bills out there that gets passed that are 200 words or less wow so i just want to encourage everybody to try to go out and actually read these congress.gov mm-hmm. you can search you know food and security veterans just those keywords and you'll find this bill there's a lot of things there's another thing with congress.gov where you could see yesterday in congress uh button which is on the main page you could see all of the bills that gets introduced gets passed in every um in every chamber of congress and you can go back months on that actually so you can actually see how things go there's been a lot of bills that's been passing in the last 30 days because we're getting up to the congressional session the end of it the election coming up so there's a huge push for a lot of bills to go through so there's a lot of things to come through here because of course you know the people that are running for congress uh again which will be all of the representatives 435 of them and um a portion of the senators so they want to get these bills passed so they could say hey i'm trying to help you guys out with my constituents and try to get that out there so more people can vote for them and i want to encourage everybody to go out and look for these types of things to see where your elected officials are actually voting uh co-sponsoring supporting introducing and you can even look up debates you got you could google this you could google the bill uh google the day of the debate and c-span will come up and you can actually listen to them talk about the bills and you learn a lot of stuff that way so the food security for all veterans act is what you can research mm-hmm. and google online at the at congress.gov and also just google it and you can see like like uh stephanie said the the uh the c-span debates you can also read about the bill on the congress.gov and then also other legislation that's important to veterans, because one of the this is the thing that I'm concerned with is that our our elected officials are they just using or pandering to the veteran community just to get votes on election time? We're 30 days out from November elections, so that being yeah. said, what is what are, or, or what do you see as who's really has a focus on real veteran issues to really solve problems rather than just kick the can down the road or pass a bill that. You know, maybe that doesn't do as much as it could. Yeah, no, that's that's really important to look up and watch. Uh, one of my one of my favorite uh, senators to watch. I'm not a huge fan of him, but I love to at least watch him and see what he does and what he submits. He submitted a bill to pass uh, to actually give the benefit of free national parks admission to Gold Star families, and I laugh because. They already have that. Wow. And I was like, seriously, you're just trying to make yourself look good by putting in something that's already been passed. But that, just, um, but that, that shows incompetence. I mean, that shows, yeah. I, mean, it's how, I mean, I always believe a lot of our, our Congress is incompetent anyway. There's a lot of stuff that they could be doing. And not just, I mean, mm-hmm. across the board. I mean, I mean, the court's getting more incompetent to me, it seems like. Yeah, Brett Kavanaugh can't even defend himself against a, a, a rape charge from 30 years ago. You're looking like an idiot on on, on uh, congressional hearings, and you have you know, I mean, I can go on and on. I mean, I'm not a big fan yeah. of Biden either. Biden's polls are in the, in the toilet right now, although um, there's no there's no real alternatives out there that are really showing themselves to really be a, a true leader or be, or and have the best the country's best interest at heart. And I mm-hmm. think that turns people off from politics altogether a lot of times. So then you have these fringe guys that come out of the woodwork like a Donald Trump or whoever whomever. The next one might be a cult of personality that steps forward and says, 
whatever you want to hear. Yep. I'll be and that it's, guy. It's so true. Or that guy. It happens so much. Um, there's another bill I do want to talk about. It's already become a law, so um, and it, it touches on a lot of those things that you that you've mentioned. Uh, the Solid Start Act of 2022. It just became law. Um, there has been some frustrations with it. So the Solid Start Act is an expansion expansion of a previous one of the same name um, in a different con- uh, congressional session. What it basically does is outreach to veterans because only a fraction of veterans actually uses the VA um, that goes and gets enrolled, checks out what it's all about because all every uh, everybody have a misconception of how bad it was because you know what they do suck a lot of times mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of frustration so veterans do avoid the VA or they don't understand what the VA could do for them so this bill is basically an outreach requiring the VA to contact the veteran uh, three times uh, following their service for the first year of them transitioning from service so um, it's one of those, those things that really helps out on awareness. And one of the reasons why this bill has gotten some attention was because um, they've had a lot of amendments. It goes back, bills go back and forth between chambers, and they'll do some slight changes. And then after everything was already happy and good and just needed an additional uh, approval uh, from the House, uh, Representative Mike Bost, which is a House Republican from your state of Illinois, um, he decided to try to lead the pro-life caucus against this bill because that uh, VA had changed their policy in allowing abortions for abortion care for veterans who are victims of rape, incest, or that it's for the life and health of the mother. Um, so. A lot of uh, Republicans from the VA uh, committee has gotten really angry about that decision. And the problem that they have with this bill is that this bill would inc- would actually include telling women veterans uh, the information that is tailored to their specific health care and benefit needs, which is reproductive care, which is uh, cancer screening, which is abortion care. So, my, uh, so Representative Boss, led a group to try to get this part uh, removed so that the VA wouldn't be advertising that they can do abortion care now. Hmm. I think it seems to me that when you're in the military, you're used to being told everything what to do and where to be and when to sign up and and when to stand information and so on. But then once you leave the military, all that stops abruptly. Nobody, nobody really takes your hand and says, okay, these are the benefits and, and things that are available to you. These are the things you can do. These are the resources around you. These are federal service organizations. This is how they work. This is the VA system. This is how this works. And it's a complicated system to begin with. So, yes. So this and seems, it's scary. Yeah, and it can be. It can be daunting. It can be scary um, and, if, and frustrating because when people that truly – People that seem to use VA services are people that really are in need of VA services, from what I've yeah. seen. So people that are trying to get disability ratings, people that are that have disability ratings, that also have ailments that you really don't, that really can't really get treated as well or as, as thoroughly in a civilian hospital because maybe they don't, they've yeah. never seen Agent Orange or they're not familiar with Agent Orange as well as a VA system does or some of this toxic exposure stuff that we're seeing with the burn pits and some of the mm-hmm. signs and symptoms of that. Um, so I mean, so what? What people? What people in Congress are actually 
and once again, serious about trying to make life better for veterans. Because to me, because we have a Congress, first of all, that's less and less a veteran population. So less and less of our veterans are being elected to office. Yes, you know, very so true. Presidents, you know, I think the last, what, three presidents we've had, maybe four, have not served. Yep. And all of a sudden now they're in, in charge of the most powerful military in the world when they're president. Yes. <laughs> They've never, yeah. been, they've never fired a weapon on the battlefield. Never, you know, went to basic training or anything like that. No clue what it's like to be a, be a soldier or a sailor or whatever. So that being said, so who's who's got our back? Who's got our back in the in the in the government? Oh, so it's those that you got to watch out or look for, really. And even some of the Congress people that um, are on some of these uh, committees, especially for. The uh, Committee of Veterans Affairs, uh, Representative Mark Takano is someone that I love so much because he does so much support for the veterans, and he has never served. Um, Representative uh, uh, Jackie Spear never served, but she is a champion, especially for women women in the military, for military sexual trauma. She tried so hard for years and decades to try to get them to... uh, get more protections against military sexual trauma. And she's been amazing, and she never served. She actually was um, in the shoot Jonestown shooting when she was an aide for the representative wow. that died. Wow. The only re- the only congressperson that has ever died while serving uh, in that manner had been murdered. And so it was crazy. She actually got shot five times and survived. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, some really amazing people out there that you could just try to go out and watch these committees you learn a whole lot when you talk to them um one of the champions for this solid start act was actually representative um slotkin she is a uh former uh federal employee but her husband was also in the military so she observed and got to see firsthand everything from an outside eye really of what was going on and what he experienced and what he went through um, the Solid Start Act to me is really great because it also makes sure that trained professionals are calling these veterans and helping them understand what's available to them. When I first called up my local VA to find out how to get started, because I never got that information because I was a reservist and I got back from deployment, I called my local VA and they told me, oh, just bring your husband, honey, and we'll walk him through everything. And I'm like, it's for <laughs> me. Uh, and I, I turned off the phone. I uh, just can't, hung up on them, and I never went to the VA for another three years. And I had to file a VA disability claim to get percentage, so then I can enroll in the VA. Because if you don't do it within a certain time frame when you get out of the military, if you don't have a VA rating, then you don't get care. You can't get enrolled. Wow. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that goes on with that that can be very frustrating. Once again, I got to get my soapbox. Yeah, I know. Right? I know you say it every time, and I completely agree. <laughs> so we have to fight for. So you, it's like you go to a regular civilian job. You sign up for the insurance yeah. you get. You sign up for the insurance. It's no big deal. You sign up for the insurance, and they cover whatever. Mm-hmm. Why is it that you have to prove every little thing with the, the military? I think this is the this is the thing. This is where. And this is where I think Congress, why I think I think Congress is out of touch, is because that is something they should really correct. First of all, it's not even a money issue. There's a the military yeah. force today is a fraction of what it was during World War II. Mm-hmm. Correct. 
I mean, it's a fraction of what it was. It's not like you're covering 20 million soldiers or 20 million, you know, uh, service members. It's like less than 3 million. It's like, I know it's way less than 3 million. It might be like close to 2, I think, is it? 1.8, something like that. I mean, I yeah, and then it, and total veteran populations have been dropping by millions because the generations that we've had so many veterans are now dying off. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, so we're going to have a much smaller um, veteran population in the next couple of years. Um, because uh, very few uh, World War II veterans are still living. Same with Korean War. Um, some of them are outliving the veteran veterans from the Vietnam War because of all the toxic exposures they've had. Wow. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting thing that happens in the future, and it, that might be a good possibility of expanding the VA healthcare for all because they might need the numbers. Right. They might need that to keep going. And that and that's the thing. So you we know recruitment, we struggle with recruitment for so many years. And part yes. of it is because of the wars that we've we fought. The wars that we fought I mean you go into Afghanistan twenty years later, Afghanistan is still the same as it was twenty years before. You know, yeah. all the thousands of people that passed away that died unfortunately, you know, which my heart goes out to those families and those people that sacrificed their lives in the name of our country, in the name of, of, of freedom. However, the situation they started with is not is the same situation that they got when they left, and then leaving Afghanistan was a disaster. Mm-hmm. To, but that's definitely right at time. Unfortunately, we got to talk about this more in detail when you come back, and then go into my soapbox again as we always do. So um, you're, you're good. Yes, I'd love to talk more next time for because we're the elections will be coming up, and I should be back next week, and we'll have a part two more about understanding your elected officials before you go vote. Stephanie Collada, U.S. Army veteran, creator of the Veterans Legislative Voice. Thank you for your time. Thank you. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.